Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, church planner. This is Pete. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. There's nowhere to go. Uh, this is Pete. It, it is Pete. That is true. That is a true statement. Never a truer statement have you given, Pete Mitchell. This is Peyton Jones on the Peyton Jones Show. And today we've got Don Stone. Wait, no, no, sorry. Nope. It's the Peyton Jones Show, everybody. That is the name of the show. From now on, it's always been the Peyton Jones show. No one <laughs> comes to this podcast for Pete Mitchell. I'm just saying, I'm going to throw it out there. That is so not true. I oh, think you're so like true. 10 times better at this than I am. You are a good podcaster. I, I got to say the the thing is, when I listen to the podcast, I actually hear you more than I hear me when I'm listening as the audience. I never hear you when we're doing this. I know you don't. I don't. I'm a terrible listener. But when I listen to the podcast, you you actually stand out. Uh, and it shows by the fact that uh, I'm getting invited to all the conferences and asked to write books. And oh, wait, no, that's still you. No. Well, hey, what do you, you think know, of that compliment from my mom? That was really I've cool. I've only read the introduction to his new book. Have you read it? And I'm like, hey, he took two pages to acknowledge me. Have you read it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, she said, I can already feel the Holy Spirit. And that was cool. I was like, dude, your mom's talking like Pentecostal. You're like, actually, my dad's the Baptist. <laughs> well, because we used to make fun. It was it, like, I think it was the first time we went to like a Calvary Chapel church. That I can remember, at least. And during the worship time, all of a sudden, my mom's arms are going up. And my dad's like, well, wow. we're not at the Baptist church anymore. <laughs> Aileen's <laughs> arms are going up. <laughs> That's so rad. You know how Baptists uh, raise their hands during songs, right? No. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those of you that know, Pete just had a bewildered, uh, surprised expression. So that was, that was the raising of the hands. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. You can't I've raise never been able to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like weightlifting for worshipers. You know, it's like putting, putting an extra bit of weight on that bar. Uh, you know, boy, yeah. are your dogs barking? I, can you hear that? She's mad at somebody. She's letting them know. Hold on. Let me see if it's a homeless guy that set up camp on the side of the track. That is important. He might be coming in okay. trying to get bit. Hold on. One person who stuck with us. Excuse me. Uh, we're back now. Actually, there's two people. Two people heard that, you know, classy, classy podcast. Well, I'm not going to hide the fact that it happens. 
God made me this way. Are you sure it was God and not the devil that gave you that? <laughs> That's what I, I tell Andrea. Hey, burps are one of God's creative geniuses. I mean, you know, praise him. We we're talking about weightlifting for worshipers. Every noise, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And when I burp, brother, it is a joyful noise. Let me tell you. Well, there are few things as satisfying as <laughs> letting out a good burp. Ah, uh, yes, Mike Murphy says, Peyton, keeping it classy. That's all. Oh, I'm always, Mike Murphy, always. But then again, if you were here for class, Mike, you came to the wrong place and you probably knew what you were in for, anyways, and it weren't class. So, uh, what's new, man? What's going on in your life? I took my sutures out last night. Did you take them out yourself? I did. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And then I was in bed and I was sitting there and I was like, huh, something feels kind of funky. Oh, no. Were you oozing? No, no. I <laughs> see class is not what you come here for. But I did. Uh, I did go down. I'm like, hmm. And there was one hidden and I felt it and I got it. And uh, it's so weird when it comes out like. You can feel like mine started pulling. So uh, my wound is not completely closed up. It's got like a maybe a quarter of an inch uh, line where it opened at some point. I don't know where. That's big. A quarter of an inch. It's kind of big. Yeah. It's it's going to leave a big old nasty scar. Um, so if you use that, uh, that antiseptic duct tape to take your <laughs> leg back up. No, I haven't done anything. I'm really hoping I don't have a staph infection. So you it's not looking and feeling you right can't. to me. You can't. It's only COVID. There are no staph infections anymore. It's only COVID. Oh, okay. Well, I hope I don't have a COVID infection in my leg. Well, there you go. You don't want that. That guy hated you. No, that guy likes me. That's the nice one. You, you should see the one. And there's a guy that rolls through here at like midnight. And he is criminal. I, I fantasize in the brief moments I'm awake every night when he comes by of what I will do the next time that I'm awake and I hear him coming. Uh, what would you do? You can't do anything. Uh, whatever I confess to would be a felony. So I don't think I'm going to go there. But uh, what's been up in your life, man? Uh, told you I had the COVID. Um. Not much. I got to get my dog spayed on Sunday. <laughs> okay. So this show now is reaching the true bottom of the barrel now. I mean, I had a great story. I took it last week. Uh, I drove it to no man's land where, where we've never gone before. So we, we got to come out. We got to come out somewhere in smack talk. Let's see. Smack talk, smack talk. Kids are back at school. Okay. That's still bad. That's still boring. Um, Don Stoner, what a scientist, eh? <laughs> hey, best part of last week's podcast was what I texted you afterwards. I'm like, the greatest part of that podcast was Don saying my dog has a soul. I always knew my dog had a soul. <laughs> I just took what he said about the paramecium or whatever it was and just that was great. Therefore, my dog has a soul. Quantum physics you know, is quantum physics. I have been thinking a lot about the fact that people are always uh, deconstructing, um, you know, the faith. They're always talking about deconstructing their Christianity, deconstructing the faith, whatever. And I always find it a little bit annoying, right? Because I, I don't think you're deconstructing. Uh, some people, I think they're deconstructing the Bible. Other people, I think, are deconstructing Christianity. And both of those, to me, seem very arrogant like okay you're smarter than than 2000 people that went before you okay you're you're or 2000 years worth of it you're smarter than god okay you're smarter than the bible i get it it's chronological snobbery and superiority at its at its worst um you're smarter than this faith that's been scrutinized and 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 you know pontificated by much greater people um we all agree that over that 2,000 years, there has been 2,000 years of um, interpretation in history. 
So if you're deconstructing, you know, if you say I'm deconstructing my faith, maybe what you're saying is you're deconstructing your interpretation of some of some of the things that you've come to believe. What I always find lacking in people when they're talking about that is the humility to say, maybe I've understood Christianity, not not like we've gotten it completely wrong. I just, I don't know. I'm always a little suspect. Like, yeah, no, I don't think so. There's, there's, you say, I'm deconstructing my faith. What you're actually saying is I'm reinventing my faith. And you can make up whatever you want. You can make stuff up. You can, you know, like, like Don Stoner, case in point. That guy's made me think about things I was never open to thinking about. And simply because he loves the scripture, he loves the Bible. I mean, that dude is committed to the word of God, but he's also, he deconstructs, you know, popular interpretations, even bringing up like, hey, it wasn't until the seventh day Adventist did this and that, that we even, this was even an issue. And I love when people deconstruct a popular interpretation of something. I mean, my whole ministry seems like it's been that. But, but what I, what I don't have a lot of patience for is deconstructing the faith, deconstructing Christianity itself. Decon- like we might have a few things wrong, but like, let's put it this way. Um, greater minds than you and I have wrestled with greater things than we've wrestled with. And I think a certain amount of respect and humility is necessary, um, especially for this generation that does not really know the scripture in the way that our, our fathers did. So I'm not a traditionalist. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is Don, for me, is the perfect balance of somebody who's not going to deconstruct Christianity. Like there's an integrity in him. He's not deconstructing the faith. He's not deconstructing Christianity. He's not deconstructing creationism as a biblical doctrine. He's saying, I'm I'm deconstructing our interpretation of certain Bible passages. And, and, and then I got time for, I can listen to a guy like that all day, but there's not the arrogance of, you know, whether or not he has it wrong. Like I remember when Don and I were talking back when he was working on the uh, textbook with me, he was doing the bi- bibli- bibli- bibliography, I can say it, and the um, references. And he, I mentioned something to him along the lines of what he talked about. And he's like, huh. He's like, that's interesting. Let me, let me go back and rework that, see if that works a bit. Because I told him, hey, I've always thought, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I had a different take on some of the things that he said, like slightly different, you know, a guy coming at it with a non-scientific brain, um, just thinking about things theologically. And, uh, you know, but, but to him, he's going to go back to the scripture. He's going to go back to that and see if it works. And, you know, and, and so I got time for it. I guess what I'm saying is um, Don was one of those guys where I trust him. I trust. And, and I, and I actually believe that Don will, uh, when you're talking to him, he's not saying he's got it all figured out. He's saying, this is what I think. And, uh, but yeah, his whole thing about the paramecium, all that, that blew me away. Actually, every, every week he was on blew me away. I could have probably had Don on for four more weeks, but out of, um, love for our audience and knowing they did not sign up to the Don Stoner Science podcast, that they probably would have been like, Hey, let's get back to church planning. And that's why you decided to end the podcast? <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I see how it is now. Well, Pete, why don't you go ahead and tell them what we're talking about? I, it, this is all on you. I'm here right. for our people. I'm here for our, our tribe. Well, it's thanks for setting that up. To, it's you that, that has decided to abandon them in their <laughs> moment of need. So, Okay. So we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about we we have an announcement, right? And our announcement is uh all, all good things uh, all good things must come to an end and uh we're not ending today, so don't don't freak out like he says on Jerry Maguire. Um we're going to run. We're I'm not going to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do <laughs> and freak out. <laughs> That's the best scene. Um but 
I think the best scene is when he goes, you want to tell? No, I air dry. Oh, I don't remember that part. Rob Tidwell, when he's in the, after he gets out of the shower. No, no, I got the, I, I, I pieced it together, but, uh, no, I, I don't remember that part. That's She's great. like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good movie. So, um, yeah, the, uh, the bottom line is we are going to, uh, bring the Church Planner podcast to a, a completion, a completion. That's what I would like to call it. A perfect finish, a perfect 10 to quote I the think Olympics. You need to be, I think you need to be honest with our listeners and tell them the real reason. What is the real reason? You don't love me anymore. <laughs> Pete, we talked about this. We discussed this. We weren't going to get into our love. Our friendship on this is over. You said you don't even want to hang out with me. You know, Pete Mitchell's just bringing you down. That's what my new friends told me. No, you know, it, it's funny because uh, Andrea the other day, we were talking, and, you know, friends don't grow on trees. And Andrea considers you one of my true friends. So, that you know, put that where you want. But that uh, that says a lot. But Andrea goes, I think you'll actually hang out with Pete now. Now that you guys aren't doing the podcast, like, you'll make time to go hang out with him. And both Pete and I were like, nah, but <laughs> no, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> no, but I, I actually think it, it gives me more of a reason now to go hang out with you. But, uh, but you know, it, it's funny because I never um, needed a reason to hang out with you. I'm sorry that you always needed one to hang out with me to quote Jerry Maguire. You complete me. Um, you stop, know, it, stop. You had why? me at hello. <laughs> that's so good so uh anyways so it, it's not easy you know it's not easy to end it i i don't feel bad about it like it it's not a bad thing it's not a negative thing um we're gonna take it up to 450 because why not right like we're at episode 423 no wait my math I don't remember math we would have stopped four, four, it at 420 because that would have been more appropriate for our listeners, but we didn't. We we Well, my book going. dropped on 420 and I had no idea what, what that was on meant. 420? My book dropped on 420. Plantology. Oh, really? Plantology, wow. go figure. Now somebody at Zonderin was having a joke, right? Plantology, right? 420. That had that had to have been a joke. Yeah, like Zondervan even listens to the podcast. I didn't know what 420 was. Everybody How can started you not making know jokes. What 420 is. How do you guys know what 420 is? Because we've been alive for 45 years. What are you I, talking I, about? I, I question your guys' morals, man. I don't know. I just, well, once I found actually, out, I'm like, I got to be honest with you. That's actually the smartest thing you've ever said. Definitely question <laughs> my morals, no doubt. What do you drink? Well, let's let's get in. This is a blackberry bubbly. Ooh, it's it's a nice flavor. I knew I liked this one. I've always thought this was grape. It's blackberry. It, it makes me like it more. It sugar free. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I've been drinking sparkling water for nigh into twenty years, and finally America caught up and canned it. And was like, yeah, we could put flavors in. I'm like, you lightweights. We didn't we have none of these namby pamby flavors in Europe. Take it as a moratorium. You have to have sparkling water yes yes now i ask for soda water uh, you go to britain and you go to a restaurant and you say can i have some water and they say sparkling or still and so when i would come here i'd say oh can I like, some uh, actually water? i kind of like it out of the toilet uh which one is that did you go to del taco and you ask for sparkling water and they lose their minds they have no idea what you're talking about so you have to say can i just have soda water out of the fountain what i hate Feels is when you so go to uh the south and you're like, hey, I'd like some iced tea. And they come back with sweetened iced tea. I can't stand sweetened iced tea. Like, I like unsweetened, just like dirt and water iced tea. Yeah, I can't drink that. So, I I can't handle sugar. So, if I, if I start eating a bunch of sugar, my body, like my nerves go nuts. Like, everything starts to hurt. So, I have to, like, it's, it's I do eat sugar. Don't get me wrong. But like, it doesn't matter if it's like a beer or like a bourbon or something, something with a bunch of sugar is going to hurt me. So I always know like this is going to hurt later, you know, and it doesn't take too long, man. But uh, yeah, I can't do sugar. So sweet tea's out for me. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a sweet tea kind of guy at all. <laughs> yeah. When you go to a place in the South where they really know how to make tea, 
because tea is an art. Like you learn that in Britain, hot tea is an art form. There's a way to make a good cup of tea. And when you have a bad cup of tea and then you have a good cup of tea, and you know the difference, it's a big deal. But when you go to, to the South, do you have make, Apple TV, Apple Plus to your I just got it. Have you watched the Ted Lasso show? Not yet. It's hilarious. Is it? Yeah. So he goes over. He's to, Flanders, isn't he? And he basically oh, Flanders. Wow. wow. I've never made that connection before. He's totally <laughs> Flanders. <laughs> yeah. He's Just what I've seen. If he was a coach. Absolutely. Totally. Well, when he goes over to, I don't know where he's at in the UK. Cause I don't know where anything is. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> wherever he is, he, they're like, Oh, would you like some tea? He's like, no, absolutely not. That's the worst thing I've ever had. In my life. Like the whole, every time they offer him tea, he's like, oh, wow, fancy. <laughs> I gotta watch that. That's he's like, hilarious. I love some coffee. They go, we don't have coffee. You want some tea? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I got to watch this. So I'm still watching The Office. I have never seen The Office. I'm on season five. How many seasons are there? I don't remember. I think there's like eight or nine. And oh my gosh, dude, there was an episode last night. Like, okay, so I've seen the one now where Dwight starts the fire in The Office. That's hilarious. That is the funniest. Throwing the cat through the roof. Oh my gosh. That was the best part. I laughed so hard. I cried at that. And And then I rewound it. And told Andrew, you have to watch this episode because I was watching it without her. She watches it. She's crying. Uh, and then that I didn't know that was from the office where Dwight puts the the uh, the uh, safety test dummies face on his face like 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 something out of a horror movie. He, I don't puts the, he cuts the plastic off the the CPR dummy and puts it on his own face and stands in the corner. Like he's a serial killer. I I had no idea what that that gif or meme was from. So I feel like I'm getting caught up on on some pretty significant pop culture uh, that that I miss living overseas. And granted, I think that show started when I was over there. So I knew the British office. I didn't know the American office. And I remember thinking, oh, that's funny. I like that um, Steve Carroll guy. You know, I saw him in uh, Bruce Almighty. He's funny. I had no idea. And so uh, the parkour one was pretty funny where they're jumping around, shouting yeah. parkour. Yeah. And then uh, last night, though, I saw one of my favorite cold openings, and it was um, Michael brings uh, Andy into the office, and Andy starts talking in baby talk, you know, and then he goes, that's the problem right there. It, you, you talking in baby talk. And they get in this big argument about it. And then uh, before long, uh, you know, Michael's saying stuff like people will think I hire babies around here. We can't have that. I don't hire babies. It's just the stupidest dialogue ever. And it was so fun. I had to go back and watch it again because I was laughing so hard. I couldn't actually hear what they're saying by the end of it. And Michael's breaking out into this Elvis impersonation. It's bad. The guy's baby impersonation is bad. And they're riffing off each other. That is seriously the best writing. It's so stupid. It's funny, and yet you can even conceive of it happening. How about the, uh, have you gotten to the part where Ryan heads up the website, the new website? Yes, that was great. Uh, you got to enter it on the website, too. Why do I have to enter it on the website? He's like all inflating the numbers. <laughs> and as a marketer, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I admire that. That's like, good. Oh, that was thinking. So back to uh, the podcast. So. Uh, why, why are we ending this Pete? Why did you kill the podcast? We're going to start another podcast called who killed the church planner podcast based oh, off the Mars Hill podcast. What a great title, right? Who killed the church planner podcast? Well, because, because the Mars Hill podcast has who killed Mars Hill. So this needs to be who killed the church planner podcast. It'll oh, be a documentary. Dude, we'll get way more listeners to that. Than we ever did the church planner. <laughs> But people are going to show up expecting us to talk about Mark Driscoll. <laughs> I'll talk about Mark Driscoll if they'll show up. I got no problem with that. So uh, going back to the reason. So the reason is <clears throat> basically, let me let me start with something Matthew McConaughey said. It's always good to quote him. Wait, 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 wait. 
All right, all right, all right. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. You need to drink sweet tea if you're going to pull that off. Yeah, I really do. But but here's all right, all right, all right. You know, enter a dream cheat. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that was going in a bad place. But oh, no. anyways, uh, there, there are regular confessions regarding Matthew McConaughey in the Jones house. But here's the deal. Um my uh, my thought with Matthew McConaughey, I heard an interview he did on the Brian Buffini show. That's one that's my, one of my new podcasts. Let me tell you, Brian Buffini interviews Matthew McConaughey. Do you know who Brian Buffini? I do. He's a real estate guy. What's that? He's a real estate guy. Yeah. Wow. How do you know him? Because I work in real estate. But did you meet him, Brian Buffini? Yeah. No, I know who he is. So uh, one, of, one of my bosses right now at Through the Word actually works for him. So it's kind of cool. So uh, so he floated me over. He was talking to me. Hey, we got Matthew McConaughey over, yada, yada. And he said, listen to this one. I listened to this thing last night. It was so good. And one of the things that, that McConaughey talks about is he talks about how he was running five different things. And he was like, you know, I remember, you know, uh, looking at it at one day, he tells this whole story, which would bore everyone here. But he basically said, I'd rather do three things well than five things not well. Now, that wasn't my thought. But as I listened to that last night, I remember just kind of thinking, that's not a that's not a bad way to look at it. But for me, it's not that I don't feel like I mean, we've never felt like we do. We do this well. We do it for fun and we do it to help the planner. You and I have never been like, oh, we're going to be the next Carrie Newhoff, right? We built Carrie Newhoff. Newhoff. Started after us. <laughs> I'm just teasing. We built Carrie Newhoff. No, I'm Michael teasing. Hyatt. All those guys started after us. Like we were the original innovators. Yeah, absolutely. They, we're in the book, The Innovators. You can see it. It's Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell. They use code names for us, obviously. Um, I think they. Yeah, call my code you- name is Peyton Jones. Your code name is Pete Mitchell. <laughs> No, I think uh, I think yours was um, I blanked out. I was going for the guy Joe Rogan, and uh, I think my code name was. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Joe Rogan in in his book, uh, The Innovators. That's actually us. So, anyways, um, I don't know that I've read The Innovators. I haven't either. I want to. It's on my list. I have a copy of it sitting right here. But, anyways, all, all this to say. Um, you know, when it comes to it, I'm streamlining my entire life right now. Um, what a lot of you guys don't know is I was getting ready to actually chuck uh, church planning altogether, like even being a voice in church planning um, about the time that Zondervan asked me to um, write this book. And I had gone away. I'd locked myself in a in a in a cabin, Woodman's Cottage in Wales. Uh, family was sleeping. I was getting like these five hour uh, a morning prayer times, which is not normal for me. But it was it was so epic, and and I felt like I would, I constantly hand everything back to God. Like I hand my writing career back to Him. I hand New Breed back to Him. I I'm always handing things back to God saying, God, if you want me to have this, I'll have it. If you don't, I won't. Like part of the the apostolic gene is that you move on, right? You do things and then you move on. And so for me, part of how I've always functioned is, Lord, I will do this. And, and usually motives are a big deal to me. If you've read anything that I've ever written, motives are a big deal. And I can honestly say this podcast was for the right reason, um, and I've done it for the right reason. I don't think I've ever veered into doing it for the wrong reason. Um, but I, I felt like I gave it back to the Lord. And Pete and I had had this conversation about two years ago. And we had said, hey, do we still want to do this? And we were both like, hey, you know, open, open, not, not, uh, not feeling like we have to, not feeling like, you know, we want to or don't want to. And uh, we started the process of handing it off. And then we pulled it back and said, wait, 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 wait. we're not done yet. So we kept it going. And so I've, I've just kind of checked in with Pete every once in a while. Hey, what are you feeling? You know, yada, yada. But um, for me, and this is more for me, uh, I, I just feel like I've got to streamline my life right now and kind of 
you know, part of it is I don't want to be the church planning guru. I don't think that's uh, what the Lord has for me. And I've spoken a lot on church planning. And at this point, I would start to repeat, not that I'm not learning. Like, I mean, I'm still learning so much about church planning that I could share. Right. Like maybe next week I'll, I'll share something I just learned about church planning that changes how I'll plant moving forward. And I am getting ready to plant. That's probably another thing you should know. Um, so that, that's another thing added into the mix. But, but I wanted to look at all the things that I'm doing that are good. You know, it's kind of like when Pete and I shut the magazine part down. We just, we could have kept it going, but we were like, okay, is this, is this what we're supposed to be doing right now? And I have felt for a little bit that, that the Church Planner podcast, it's not like I would be in disobedience to keep doing it. Um, I think God and his goodness would allow me to do it, but I don't feel that I'm compelled to do it. And I don't feel that it it's even perhaps helpful. So Pete and I have talked about different things like, you know, is there someone else that we could get to fill my chair on this? Um, it, it's really not the Peyton Jones show. That was a joke at the beginning. Um, but obviously I'm the, I'm the planner that has knowledge, but there are other people, younger people that probably should and could fill that gap. I'm 48. I'm looking in the mirror. My beard is white. It was like dark gray when we started this, um, eight years ago. And I just feel like there's people that, that are out there doing things and innovating. And at the spot I was at when we started this, who might be a better voice, or maybe we just seal this up and we fold it down and, uh, and it becomes kind of like a record for people of two guys screwing around and some church planning stuff if you really want to have it. So that's that. Are you done now? I am. Okay, good. <laughs> Pete, what are your reasons? Uh, because I won't have a co-host and no one <laughs> listens to the show for me. <laughs> Okay, you you took a lot lot less time than I did on that. <laughs> well, it was a lot easier for me to explain why I'm not going to do it anymore. So over the next uh, after by the time this is done, seven weeks, we are going to close it out. We're gonna we're gonna do a final episode, probably talking about some of our favorite stuff over the last few years. Um, we might, if we get our act together, we might play some quotes. We don't have our sound machine anymore. But uh, maybe we could. Uh, that was back put when we quotes. were a good podcast. I know. I wonder if I have someone post produce it. You know, I am getting a full time assistant, so that's kind of cool. That's are happening. you really? I am. I'm getting wow. a full time employee over at New Breed, and uh, that's happening. Um, New Breed, by the way, uh, the the training network that I've run for years is still going strong, but we are literally going to stop being a network. We're not going to be a. Uh, a network as per, as, as people understand networks, networks are always about kind of like we, we control you or we want you to, to, to promote our thing. Uh, I'm just, it, it's going to be newbreedtraining.com. It's just going to be training. We're not going to be a network. Um, but it will still function the same. So in other words, you come in, uh, kind of like, uh, those of you that were part of the Bible Inner Circle. Not a lot changes on the ground. It's just our orientation and posture changes to suddenly be about training and people go in there and riff and um, comment and they can interact with each other. But we don't want to be a network. We don't want that kind of responsibility for planters anymore, right? Which means there's also no application process. Over the, over the last few years, New Breed, you've had to apply. And we probably, uh, you know, kind of like Pete back when we were taking the Bivo Inner Circle, Pete was the guy that, you know, would let them in based on their business acumen or some of their, their abilities. Pete would often say, oh, you're not cut out for this. We would often say, hey, you should go to another network. We're not going to be the network for you because uh, this is what we specialize in. So now we'll be opening up New Breed for anyone who wants the training. They can just come in and get the training. There's no application. It's not like a secret club. Um, it's not like you got you to gotta pass something to join anybody could just take our, our, our training. And so that's another change I'm making in my life. Um, so there's a lot going on. I'm taking a break from writing. The textbook almost killed me for a little bit. And I'll probably be shifting a lot of my responsibility to um, starting to write about scripture itself. Um, I miss 
expositing. I miss unpacking the scripture and helping people understand it. So through the word, which is my full-time job, helps me do that. And uh, back when I was at that Woodman's Cottage and I was handing new breed and church planning over, I asked the Lord, you know, hey, I'm almost 50. Like, what do you want me to focus my life on? Like, I'm surrendering everything back to you. And I felt God just say, um, you'll be dead before you're 50. (laughs) It was it was glorify my son and exalt my word. And uh, and I. You know, I, I thought about, you know, 20 years from now, I'm 68. I don't know if I'm much good to anybody at the age of 68, 48 years old right now. So part of me is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at that stage that dudes get to where it's, it's what Alan Briggs uh, just told me a book called The Second Mountain, getting ready to read that. And where he's just started thinking about not so much what I'm doing, but what am I going to leave after me? What will I leave behind? Um, hopefully, uh, we will have left a legacy on this podcast of principle-based church planning, not methods, fads, trends, but principles rooted in scripture. But, you know, the scripture is my first love. You know, that's, that's where I want to get back to. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff that apostolically really motivates me, um, stuff that will eventually be hook content on TikTok and some of those other spaces where you know, all the voices tend to be, um, you know, uh, people deconstructing the faith to come full circle here. Um, and th- there just needs to be some robust um, engagement on those platforms. And so in a weird way, I'll be functioning somewhat uh, apostolically in those spaces um, in, in future. Not, not tomorrow, not right away, but in future. Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So that's kind of the update. If if you want to find me, obviously, uh, this is not goodbye. Some of you would probably switch over to Ministry Ninja podcast. Um, that's the one that I do with uh, Barry Waters and my wife. So if you ever like, hey, I wonder what this dude's wife, you know, she must be kind of crazy. She's way more crazy. In fact, I think people like her way better than me. Uh, most of the feedback we get on the podcast is for Andrea. I definitely like Barry more than I like you. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. We we're lost without him. If we don't have that British accent, we're like a, a bad James Bond villain. He doesn't have like no thick, sophistication. He doesn't have a thick accent. I've never thought he had a thick accent. It's funny you say that because the Welsh can adapt a lot quicker than a lot of people. But when he gets back and he's spending time there, his his Welshness comes on strong. How's Melissa? Very, Did she pick up an accent? She's picked up the lilt that everybody gets, but she actually, you know, Barry actually, so you may not know this, but Barry lives in a Welsh speaking community. Oh, no. So Are you first spoken, Yeah. Barry's a, a first language. Well, I Welsh know Barry speaker. is, but what about poor Melissa? No, you know, what's great is when you're an American, the Welsh are super kind to you and it's South Welsh. So they've been used to everybody trouncing all over them and stomping back and forth. You know, the British coming in for... Um, you know, their coal or whatever industry, because there's all these like precious metals there. So um, over the years, they've just known industry and docks and, you know, um, exports and steel works and coal mines. So they're tin plate works. They're, they're just a, they're just a people that are used to that and because there was such a workforce. Now every other company goes in there and puts their Ford factory or Sony factory or whatever there. So it's all factories and industry. So it's bilingual. So uh, when you when you find an American there, she's a novelty. I, I would guarantee you, everybody loves her. Mm. And she's Melissa. She's rad. You know, we love Melissa. Melissa was the first person to get saved at Refuge Long Beach. Was she really? I didn't yeah, know that. She sure was. Barry was not the first person saved at Pillar, but um, he was among that first group, that early group that got saved. There was a bunch of young people got saved almost right away. So he was in that group. His brother got saved first. So interesting. Yeah, his brother brought him. So, but yeah, so, you know, uh, you can check us on the Ministry Ninja podcast. You can always go to my site, which is ministryninja.com. And you can go to newbreednetwork.org. Right now it is changing to newbreedtraining.com as we readjust. And you'll you'll start seeing me around. I got to see if I can buy that domain name real quick. (laughs) <laughs> I already bought it. Oh, darn. Yeah. 
and .net and .org. But uh, anyways, yeah. So I mean, what about you know, .cc? I did not. What about or .info or .ninja? No, .dot sexy. I already own all those. You know, I own Pete Mitchell that sexy, right? So rad. Jamie hates it when I use it as an example of like how you set up a redirect for like real estate agents. I'm like, well, I own this domain name, Pete Mitchell that sexy. She's like, don't do that. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's with a bit of sadness. I mean, we've poured eight years of our life into this, so I'm not going to lie. It's not It's not like, it's like leaving a church plant, right? You leave a church plant when the time is right. And, you know, I... Do you think there'll be people hearing this episode going, we've heard them say this before? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. They'll be back. Eight, eight weeks from now, they'll change their mind. But I, hey, I'm pretty sure I, I won't. That's why I don't have a problem continuing it. It's all... You want to stop it. And I'm fine with that. But I'm also fine if you come back eight weeks from now and you're like, eh, I'm ready to let her go. We did say, didn't we, that, that we could put it to bed, you know, for a time. We can always pick it back up. I mean, that could always be something that we do. Um, I will be doing another church planting podcast. Not like this, though. I The, the difference is I won't be the guru. It won't be Peyton. Um speaking about church planning as it has been on this there won't be any smack talk so i literally could not do smack talk with another human being like there was just chemistry brother and just chemistry in the smack talk at least we think so so (laughs) 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 but you know the 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 other one that i'll be doing and it's it's not um it's not there yet but it's the church plantology podcast that church plantology podcast will literally fill in the gap that the textbook had so the textbook was strong on scripture and it was strong on church history and it tapped at the global mission field what it did not do is it did not you're looking to see if that podcast exists aren't you no (laughs) it does not as of right now i was just looking at my rabies shot my little nice you know i'm gonna put that around my neck oh nice nice wow that that would be so all kinds of weird. <laughs> Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, everybody. My name is Pete. If found, call 714. Oh, that would be so wrong. So, uh, yeah. So, Church Plantology, what it'll do is it will interview. Every episode will focus on a church plantology principle, but we'll interview people from the global mission front. That was a second circle. There are three overlapping circles that make up a plantology principle. And I'll be partnering with Bible League International to do this. So what will happen is I'll be interviewing their planters, indigenous planters all over the world. I mean, they're in about 40 countries um, worldwide uh, they translate. So parts of the podcast will probably be translated. Um, other parts will be someone speaking English as a second language, but in all cases, man, I mean, the stories and the principles coming back, I, I, I still have always had this underlying conviction that it's not America or the West that needs to train the developing nation. It's the other way around. And this gets to be a way where I use my platform and voice to actually um, give voice to those that don't have a platform, that don't have a voice, that uh, it's a teach back. It's the developing world, um, you know, non-Western planners being able to teach us, hey, this is how it works where I'm at. This is how we employ these New Testament principles here. And I think if we could start listening to the rest of the world, we'd actually probably learn more ditch some of the stuff that that's holding us back and hindering us kind of like Hebrews where it says, throw away every uh, weight and everything that entangles everything that hinders you and run that race. And I think in different parts of the world, they're not hindered, they're not held back and they're running that race faster and better than we are. So that that's, so you'll be able to find me there. You'll be able to find me on through the word, of course, uh, if you've never downloaded through the word, those are 10 minute chapter summaries. And uh, Leviticus was my first. I've since gone on to do Deuteronomy, uh, Judges, Joshua, 
or Joshua Judges in that order. Um, First, Second Chronicles, uh, Song of Solomon. Woo woo. And, uh, did you do that? Yeah, one? Done a bunch. Is it out yet? I did. It is. It is. I don't know if it's up actually. I don't know it's gone public. I should check that. Um, as of a few weeks ago, it wasn't, but it should be. But, uh, anyways, I've just, you know, I've done first, first, second, third John. I don't know if those are up yet, but I've been a busy boy over this past year. Um, just creating, what about turning Jude? out content. Huh? Did you do Jude? I didn't do Jude. I would have loved it. If I'd done Jude, I would have made it. I, I couldn't do it in one chapter. There's just no way. That thing is just packed. Why do you ask? See because if I it's only one chapter. And I, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I have a content quota that I got to meet every month. And it's uh, part of my, my salary. If I go over. Um, but it, it surprisingly enough, um, a book like that's harder than you think. Those little one chapter books, man, they're they they they're harder than you think. So it's actually easier to do a bigger book mm. and uh, and get all that prep and content. So I'm I'm actually right now going through John. Um, Chris and I are doing a, an evangelistic book of John that people can use uh, to lead others to Christ to meet together with them, go through John. And these people can listen on their own, and then they get together once a week and talk about it. But I'm also doing an audio guide for John's gospel because through the word doesn't currently have that. So that's super exciting to me is getting to go through. I love John. I've planted churches preaching through John and, uh, man, what a book. So I'm doing that right now. So, so you might see me in future writing devotional commentaries for some of these books. And, uh, that would be a whole new departure for me. So, you know, I just think, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're, um, I'm grateful for what God has given me. I'm grateful for this platform, but I also think, um, you know, I've done this for 15 years now, right? That, that's, that's been my life dedicated to church planning. I will always be dedicated to church planning. I will always be involved, either planting, supporting a planter or training a planter. Or coaching a planner. I'm still doing coaching too, but I've had to streamline and um, in relationship to the book and kind of the new direction as I'm moving into working with people. That that's the other thing where this comes full circle is I'll be uh, really focusing in future on global church planning. So New Breed itself, the reason that we're moving to training is we're we're starting to uh, actually focus more on the training aspect globally. And like I said, nothing changes on the ground. We just don't want to be a network. Um, we want to be a training um, collective. That's a better way to put it for us. The emphasis is on training and the, the activity that happens around that. Not so much a network. A network comes with too much baggage. But I'll be, you know, Lord willing, focused more in future on actually um, helping people in the developing world and, and on the mission fronts um, get the best training they can. So you might hear less of me in church planning in America, but hopefully you hear more of me uh, or you won't hear more of me. You know, there'd just be the influence and the fruit on the ground in these other nations. That's my hope. Mm. So, yeah. So going back to my missionary roots, if that makes sense. I dig it. Yeah, man. So let me ask you, how are you going to take care of all your uh, financial uh, responsibilities? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the real answer, Pete, <laughs> uh, the W2s, uh, you know, you got a full-time assistant coming on. I mean, how, how are you going to deal with all that? Well, the real answer, Pete, is uh, when we stop this podcast, I have to pay for it. And I'll be doing that through simplifiedchurch.com because darn it, they're a good service and I'll pay for them any day. I've gotten them for free all these years. By trading on this podcast, but uh, Josh Henry, those guys, they are amazing. And I say that to you uh, by letting you know, we've never let anyone on here who we wouldn't use our product or have not used their product. So um, they're, they're very good. And I, and I kind of lie in saying that because my next product is uh, Sermon Boss. And I set up a trade with them as well. Um, because I want to use that, but they keep asking me, Hey, give us all your stuff. And I haven't. So 
In fact, as we're speaking, my buddy's here to pick up all the stuff on a hard drive so I can get that going. But, uh, but Sermon Boss is sermonboss.com is a service where as you, as people go to your church website and you send them off to watch this video, you're sending them away from your site, like to YouTube or you send them to a podcast. What Sermon Boss does is it provides plugins to your site that actually keep everybody able to engage on those YouTube videos, able to engage without actually leaving your website. So they stay on your website and they can navigate all around your website. You see what happens. They get onto YouTube and they click this and then all of a sudden it says, watch these stormtroopers dance the boogaloo. And you go, oh, cool, I'll watch that. And you click over there and boom, you've lost them, right? You want to keep them on your site. You want to keep them engaged. You want to keep them where they keep feeding off the content on your site. So that's what sermonboss.com does. It does it with sermons. It does it with podcasts. It does it with any kind of digital media that you have. So head on over to simplifiedchurch.com. And when you're done, dang it, go over to sermonboss.com and tell them Peyton and Pete sent you. That's all the time we have for today, ladies and G's. This has been the Pete Mitchell Show, and we've been reminding you, if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church